0: Drunk Monkey Broadcasting. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner.
1: I'm the other one of your hosts, Chris Pruitt.
0: Producer Matt. We all run a literary journal called Drunk Monkeys. Right now, we are still showcasing our November uh, features because the November issue went up late. We do not have a December issue. We are closed for all submissions right now, including Cherry Dress Chatbooks. We will reopen for the issues in January. Including our beloved April pop culture issue. So keep your eye out for that. It will be sometime early in January. Um, but there's a whole year's worth of amazing uh, features that you can go ahead and peruse on our time off. <laughs> Happy holidays from our staff to yours. We will be talking today about Twin Peaks season two. We're still slot. <laughs> season two, and never ends. We're getting there. Getting
1: there. <laughs>
0: episode 17 wounds and scars so why don't we just jump right into it um i love how this episode begins it's it's very artistic
1: it's our it's our first break from cold opens on chess pieces for like three episodes (laughs) or something that's like
0: (laughs) we cold open on harry a very artistic dark brooding slow motion uh drinking he's in the midst of despair uh while having visions of sexier times <laughs> his uh, beloved and recently departed girlfriend who <laughs> was also a criminal mastermind behind his back that he had no idea about uh, she was killed at the end of the last episode and her soul for lack of a word, is trapped in a doorknob
1: <laughs> um, Harry is having a nutritious and balanced whiskey breakfast uh, <laughs> and Hawk comes in with uh one enormous special breakfast which just appears to have like every breakfast item they could think of on it like there's eggs there's a breakfast sandwich <laughs> there's like whatever there's
0: and some it, slabs of bacon hey, look, yeah. yeah it's like the when balanced that,
2: breakfast they would show in cereal commercials that yeah like we were yeah, all yeah. eating it's that like
0: much
3: fruit
1: <laughs> they like the 30, 30. bran muffins and right. stuff <laughs> see it's like if you have that much brand this much sugar isn't that bad right. um <laughs> Yeah. I
0: especially like his his balanced meal of whiskey is funny because it's like quite obviously a Jack Daniels bottle, but like they light it in a way. <laughs> like I can't tell if it's a fake like label on a Jack Daniels bottle. Right. But, like Jack, mm-hmm. but they like light it in such a way that you can never see the logo. <laughs> and it's just like very obviously
1: like Yeah. It's like you're supposed to know what this is, but also we can't show it. So
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh Hawk's like, hey, Norma sent this over, and and uh Harry's like Pfft food at a time like this I don't think um he's obviously on a little bit of a sabbatical from the sheriff's department and he's like I know you and coop have got it down let me just despair in person like personally by myself I'm just in the midst of of so I'm going through it Josh.
1: yeah they they have a bit <laughs> of like a no country for old men ass the dialogue exchange here <laughs> where uh he's like you guys can handle it without me it's a simple town. Or it used to be a simple town. <laughs> now I don't know anymore. Maybe it was always this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not much to be said here. It's obviously setting up. Like, Harris just going through it, and they're kind of on their own right now, trying to make sure he's taken care of in in like at least a physical sense, while he despairs. And you know, we get back to this later. So there's not much to be said about it. Um, we do go to the diner. From here where we are introduced norm is, uh here to beforehand he never mind until this episode even mom was visiting sister annie mm. um
1: where's play- annie she's here yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's at the diner <laughs> um played by the beautiful heather graham very young and vivacious in this in this mm. show mm. um I love it because they start kind of having this little dialogue and they're just like, oh, well, like, you know, Shelly's right there. And Norma's like, I tell Shelly everything because she's family. And I thought that that was really sweet.
1: <laughs> That's cute. Uh, it is funny that you mentioned the mom because then they they try to go for a retcon here where and he's like, oh, I heard you met up with mom. Like I met up with mom recently.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's funny because it, it didn't even occur to me. Like I kind of. Spaced on the whole mom subplot from before. Yeah, not very like like it doesn't mean anything to me. So it's just like oh, and I'm like wait a minute, the mom was there that whole time, and like never did we hear like oh I have a sister. <laughs> oh your sister bent.
1: I don't even yeah. remember the mom being followed up with after the whole Ernie thing. Like uh, that was supposed to be her husband or her boyfriend or it something. was her husband? Like, I and, believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's then...
1: just, she was just gone. She's like whatever, not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's my problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, Um, it's so funny because like, uh, Annie is, oh, it's so hard to get to life again on the outside because she was in convent and she's like, I don't even know how to use money. We used to have bingo chips. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure nuns have money. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I grew up in a Catholic school and, and like we had nuns that lived in the convent at the school and, you know, like, well, at the church that the school was next to, so they kind of lived at the school, and I was like, I know that they have money because I remember once I saw one at the store and it like blew my mind. It was like <laughs> seven, and I was like, What?
1: I mean, <laughs> nowadays they've got like TikTok and podcasts.
0: Nobody takes those. How do you how does that work? She's so- like,
1: We were living in a medieval castle. Right. We were, we were <laughs> the convent was, you know, in the basement below Enya's castle. Um it's a- <laughs>
0: We go from here. So this is setting up um, Annie to be working at the diner. And she's like, please, no charity. And is like, I'm going to work you, bone girlfriend. And it's all very sweet. Uh, we go from this. We stay at the diner. But we have this amazing
3: <laughs> moment
0: where Shelly is like pouring coffee or something for, for Major Briggs who's sitting at the, at the counter. And he just goes, compelling.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, with no context. No, like is the food compelling? Is the is Shelly's face compelling? I think so.
2: Arguably. <laughs> Most do.
0: <laughs> and she gives him the best look. She's like, hey. Like it's like K hey, period personified. She's like, all right. <laughs>
1: and then into frame. Comes the log, right. <laughs> and like if I remember correctly, just the log comes in yeah, the brain brain. Yeah, the log.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is the first time we've seen the log lady in a while. A yeah,
1: bit. since yeah. the reveal, right?
0: Since um, I think since Leland, like that—that's mm-hmm. hallway with Leland. That was, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's been mm-hmm. quite a while. uh That was all the way to the beginning, <laughs> 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 um, nine hundred years ago. <laughs> And she kind of gently touches like the triangular marks on his neck and then sits down next to him like, oh, my God. And then the scene sort of ends, which is interesting. Uh, so that what's that all about? We're going to get to it in a little bit. I feel like my voice is like I'm having sinus issues, everyone. And I feel like my voice is like, eh. <laughs> so I apologize. To all <laughs> our listeners. I feel very gravelly today. Um. Okay, so from here we go to the sheriff's station where Coop is reading a folder that's just labeled Interpol. And I wrote down (laughs) insert 2000s music joke.
3: Right, yeah. What
0: if you was reading, like, Interpol lyrics? But then I was like, I can't think of an actual, like, good joke to write. So I just wrote, like, (laughs) mention a joke. Brackets, what
1: is a good Interpol joke?
0: Um, (laughs) I liked them. They were pretty good. So, um... Uh
1: this, this scene is weird. It's like Coop and Hawk are sort of like, Hawk is debriefing him about, yeah, like, Harry looks bad, man. It's not great. And then <laughs> Coop's like, well, is he eating food? And it, Hawk's like, no. And Coop's like, well, is he coming back to work? I love that after, <laughs> is he eating food? No. Okay, well, is he at <laughs> least coming back into work? I don't know, man. Capitalism,
0: um, baby! <laughs>
1: um, then there's this I completely forgot about this, and I do think this is the last we ever hear about it, but referencing the Josie thing, Mm -hmm. they're like, just got back the coroner's report, her body was just 65 pounds, and Coop's like, or they're like, how is that possible? And Coop's like, maybe it has something to do with what I saw in the room when it happened, which I guess means he saw the doorknob thing that wasn't just for our benefit. Right, and, right. And then it's gone from the story. Yeah. We will Huck, never talk so, like, about this again. Did they have a
0: conversation <laughs> about it before? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, oh like, my god, I saw the weirdest thing. Like, she went into the, the bed, like, the bed <laughs> doorknob thing. Hawk was like, that's weird. And then, like, So
1: like, does he know what he's referencing? What? Yeah, it's so weird. It's, like, it's unclear what we're supposed to think happened there. Like, and obviously, it's supposed to be without specific answer. But it's, like, it's so weird that it's just, like, I I don't even know how to begin forming thoughts about this. And, like, there's maybe maybe some stuff in season three that we could talk about in relation to this eventually but i i don't think so i think it's straight up just they kind of forgot about it yeah
0: they they, they were like we have no idea how to get back from this so yeah
1: so we don't care anymore uh
0: so it's funny because then he says like oh maybe it has something to do with what i saw and then hawk says maybe we ought to whistle our way past the graveyard and i was like and like coops like yeah yep what does that mean?
2: <laughs> oh, you guys I don't know, know the he...
0: whistling past the graveyard? No, I know the holding your breath past the graveyard. Similar.
2: Yeah, basically yeah. the same yeah. thing. It's like, it's exactly the same thing. Just like pretending something's not happened while you're walking past a creepy place.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. okay. So that so, like so, yeah. you
0: don't like mm-hmm. invite. Yeah. Bob yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I also had a problem with that line. I knew what the reference meant, but I was lost about like, it was, it's very out of character for Coop to go like, yep not gonna investigate right. this weird yeah. like supernatural <laughs> thing that just happened and and then they just don't <laughs> no, you know what's funny though
0: it's like we're gonna get to it but this is not the only time like the coop mythology is sort of like eh like it's like not applicable in this episode yeah, like, yeah 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 why are you like changing up the coop dynamic this late in the game right yeah so yeah this is the first moment where that happens where it's like well i don't know i feel like he'd be like Let's toss some glass bottles at the doorknob. Yeah, (laughs)
1: and like maybe what we're supposed to get out of that is him becoming more domestic as he settles into Twin Peaks or whatever. But like, it's very off the page if that's what they're going for. You know, it's it's sort of like maybe that's the point, but it's not well said. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it just feels weird, is what it feels like. Um,
0: we're going to go from here to uh Wyndham Earl and Leo in the little cabin in the woods situation and Wyndham Earl is doing this like insane nose breathing thing while twirling flower. and he just looks like <laughs> absolutely bonkers um and he's kind of like going over the chess move okay so if you recall just for the listener's Um, the chess move is like they're uh, on Coop's end of it he's trying to make these moves where he can like kind of create a stalemate without losing any chess pieces because every time a chess piece is lost Wyndham Earl kills somebody and he's trying to like mitigate the amount of people who are picked off by Wyndham Earl which seems just bonkers to me but anyway um, Wyndham Earl is like looking at the ad in the paper with like the move and he's like wait a second this is a trick I know what he's doing. He can't trick me. And then it's like a bunch of chess talk, which like yeah, I was like uninterested in <laughs> the ghostwood estate stuff. I'm like chess talk. <laughs> like if it's not peeping, you know, I don't want to hear it. So well,
1: it it is it is kind of funny where he's he's going the you know Earl's going like full Magnus Carlson here. He's like he's got the anal beads telling him what move to do or whatever. Like <laughs> he's he he. Have you heard about that thing, the chess cheating controversy in the news recently?
3: No. <laughs>
1: oh, Okay. Well, we'll talk about this off mic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a. No,
2: that's it, a... it seems like we have time as producer
0: of the show. We have time.
2: <laughs> there, there
1: was <laughs> recently Give a quick
0: rundown. You there can't was talk recently beads I... <laughs> in a conversation. Then <laughs> talk about It'll it. Later. That, <laughs> that,
1: that that there was re- recently a controversy where uh, a high level player. Was basically accused of cheating by um by another high-level player. And it while nobody seems to have figured out what the methodology is, uh chess.com, who like tracks the like pro games and stuff, thinks that it's mathematically credible that he's cheating based on certain trends in his play. So he's been banned from chess.com but he's an american player so of course after he was accused of cheating he was brought onto the american national team because that's how we do stuff so <laughs> in our country we don't um, give
3: a shit so so
1: this is like about as big of a controversy as happens in the world of guys who are serious about chess <laughs> but it, there's this there somewhere in the conversation about this like okay what's the methodology like what is he doing somebody like jokingly said on a reddit thread oh he's wearing uh, he's wearing anal beads that wouldn't have been caught when he was like being patted down or whatever, and like you can get the remote control ones that are vibrating, so somebody's like sending him signals about what move he should be using or something that way. <laughs> okay. This is not a real thing. Okay, almost okay. that's,
2: that's this is almost certainly not what happened. That's a redic conjecture. But,
1: but it got blown up because it was such a salacious and funny thing that it kept getting repeated alongside this this cheating accusation story. So it's. It's just uh that's a whole what
0: thing. What if I pause it <laughs> that it is a real thing.
1: <laughs>
0: and he's like you he's
1: are not alone. Shaking, yeah.
0: He's like shaking <laughs> in his boots at home like shit. Like it's a joke. <laughs> but but they don't know how close to the truth. The is. truth <laughs> they, they really <laughs>
1: came. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Okay, so <laughs> basically he's kind of like figured it out, which to me makes sense that like he's trying to get me in a stalemate without killing people so like i i get what's going on here right and then he starts like hitting leo because he's mad <laughs> it's weird
1: and then he starts like angrily playing his flute
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, like whittled himself yeah okay.
1: that's pretty funny angry right. flute playing um, um we moved to dick to- setting up for an event uh, yes, possibly in as much diva mode as we have ever seen him up to this point. Truly, um,
0: this is like his episode of shining brightest. I think. Yeah,
1: he's in his element. It, it, there's apparently a fashion show that is part of this presentation about save the the ghostwood pine weasel thing. That yeah, uh, yeah, uh,
0: um, yeah. To recap, Ben is trying to get uh, trying to ruin Catherine's ghostwood plans by he he figured out that there's an endangered animal a uh, pine weasel which is basically just a ferret and so like he's using that as a, like you can't do work there, you can't do construction there you're gonna ruin this habitat and for some reason they've decided that a fashion show is the best way to like raise money like he's having a gala type thing so it's very it's a very interesting choice um it's funny to see Audrey and Dick like together that's like that dynamic that doesn't usually happen we usually see dick in like the sheriff's office right. mm-hmm. or the diner uh it's just weird to see. i was like audrey and dick it's such a weird thing to see it's like when you see like when you watch friends and you see like rachel and chandler hanging out you know like that. <laughs> what's that all about? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it honestly it feels disappointing that there's not more of that dynamic uh with the really... they're both
0: divas so yeah, like, yeah yeah it really works <laughs> Um, And he's, like, kind of, like, macking on these, like, young ladies, and I'm, like, I can't tell, of course, it's Twin Peaks, so I can't tell if these girls are 17 or 35.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and and they may be either, or they may be, like, a 35-year-old who thinks they're a 17-year-old, or who knows. Could be either Uh, and both, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But he's, like, kind of high-key hitting on them in a way that's, like. Feels bad, man. I don't like feels it. Feels
1: bad. Everybody seems to feel bad about it, but dick. Yeah, uh, even
0: Audrey's like, bro. Yeah,
1: even oh, Audrey, God, who, he's like, who has willingly participated world. in this kind of behavior, is like, mm, mm, <laughs> um,
0: um, So, okay, so I wrote, bro, these are like kids, and then we get some pine measle chat for a little while. um, And then we get Audrey, and of course, here comes Billy Zane again.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and They're yammering on, and I swear to God, <laughs> Talking because he looks so much like Mac from Always Sunny in this scene, <laughs> <laughs> like the way earlier years of Always Sunny, excuse me, where um, you know, Matt kind of still had like a baby face for like the first yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: before mm-hmm. the season where he got pretty fat and then he like lost weight and now it just looks like a regular man. Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> I cannot get over how much he looks like Mac here. I'm gonna post it on the Twitter.
1: <laughs> I I didn't pick that up, but it makes sense in my head. Um, what I grabbed from this interaction um, is there's something going on with the Audrey and Billy Zane scenes here. Um, no, I don't care what his character's name is. It's something Wheeler. Uh, it's John,
0: <laughs> Justice Wheeler. John
1: Justice Wheeler. John Justice Wheeler. Okay, I kept right. thinking uh,
0: J.J. Abrams.
1: Hilarious. Like, um, something. Any, Anyway, there's something going on where their scenes together read like they're supposed to be like either cut from or a parody of a entirely different tonally rom com series or something. Like they have this thing going on where they just sort of like talking over each other for the first few minutes that they're um interacting. They're just sitting there like uh blah 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 blah. blah, blah. They, they're just talking over the top of each other and it's like played in this really like cutesy silly, like I, I don't know. It feels like something out of like a seventies romantic comedy movie or something. Um very it feels totally different even from the stuff that's usually kind of like twee or like silly that happens in Twin Peaks it it feels out of nowhere and not fun to watch it's kind of cringy there's yeah, a lampshade and, and, and... line
2: that's like what are we even talking about anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah funny exactly
0: it's funny because like I watched this last night and I went beforehand I went to a party and I, um, I'm on a lot of meds for my bed. I have a lot of chronic pain issues. I'm on a lot of meds. So I was like pretty high <laughs> when I watched Pillars. <laughs> and I was like, I am having the hardest time parsing what this conversation I had the closed captioning on, everything. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is so awful. It makes me long for James and Evelyn, which is- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad to hear that both of you are like, who are I- I assume, not high on painkillers <laughs> going, I don't know what the fuck is
1: going on. Yeah, yeah well, well, they don't. And that that's sort of the point. I mean, yeah. the, the things that they're actually saying is like they're both simultaneously apologizing for the awkward, annoying dinner scene that they had together in the previous episode. But it's just like a nothing content. And then he's just like, do you want to go have a picnic? And she's like, well, we'd have to get the stuff to do it. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay.
0: But yeah, she's like, but I don't know how to cook, and it is very like I don't know how to cook. <laughs> I'm a girl who doesn't know how to cook, and he's like, "That's okay." But I'm like, "You don't really cook for picnics.
1: Like, just get sliced. No, just throw in something like, in the bag. You Do you have to cook yeah. a grape? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, She probably thinks she does. That's
1: yeah, the- <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, but it does feel very removed. Like it feels like almost they were trying to go for some sort of like yeah, like you said, like a rom com spin-off or something where it's like Mm -hmm. bumbling fools trying to like when they recut you know like the shining as like a family thing right that kind of yeah 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 (laughs) yeah and
1: it it feels very like the point you're supposed to get is like this meet cute is just sort of happening between them like above and beyond everything that's going on they want to rush you into feeling like oh this dynamic is cute and it doesn't feel cute it feels like they're rushing it it feels like this is way too much it's very annoying
0: (laughs) no it's super annoying um Okay, so from here we go. Um, we bless blessedly we get to the end the scene, and we go um, to Coop, kind of checking in on Harry. And I love that Coop's way of checking in on Harry is like, Harry, your girlfriend was a career criminal and a prostitute.
3: <laughs> deal
0: with it. Get the fuck over it. And I'm like, last time I checked, you're still pining over a dead woman from like ten years ago. And I know that her like husband is trying to kill you, so like. <laughs> there's something there but like hot meat kettle
1: yeah he he's very like hey hey harry let me hit you with some josie facts here's some (laughs) other crimes she did you've never heard about like you seem
0: like you're in a bad place and i'm here to make it worse
1: (laughs) yeah uh this is a weird scene by all it's just the yep the harry thing's still going on like (laughs) right He's eventually just like get out. And Coop's like, okay. So it's so
0: weird, but I do love this, like Harry's like, listen, no. And like the lighting is super good. And he's like, get yeah. Out of yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Because yeah. you know, we usually see Harry and Coop and they're like in a real like bromance sort of thing. Mm. And then,
1: yeah. So,
0: and this is like the most like emoting we ever see of Harry. Like he's mad and and sad. And it's like, I feel like. It was a wasted potential. Like, it's good here. The scene is stupid. Him flipping out is is good. But I feel like they could have used that sort of emoting from him in other spots. Like, I'm not aware, but it just seems like, oh, he was capable of, like, that kind of acting. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we get more of it later in this episode. There's this particularly intense scene with him. But I agree. It feels, it, I mean... It kind of cuts both ways because I think it has its impact because he's like always the steady hand, right? So like right. he's losing his shit. Oh, that's a big deal, you know?
3: Mm,
0: right. Um, yeah, so he, so he's like, get out. It's like cool. Bye. Sorry, sorry, your girlfriend was a prostitute, bye. Yes. <laughs> kicking him when he's down. You couldn't wait a week to tell him this. Right. Either way. Um then we cut to Catherine, oh, I love this because Catherine just like sitting at a table. <laughs> she just, like,
1: she has, like it looks stuff. like a drafting paper in yeah. front of her, like it it's busy. blueprints or something. Loves to work, she loves the hustle. Yeah, she does.
0: Babing it. <laughs> and uh this I wrote Catherine and some bitch. She has this woman with like a fierce haircut. Very severe looking woman is how my dad would look.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So this was this was Thomas Eckhart's executive assistant. Um, who had we've seen her briefly a couple of times when they checked into the Great Northern before? I believe um,
0: she said her name is Jane. Is that right? Let
1: me see. Yes, uh, uh,
2: Jones. Jones.
0: Jones. Jones. Yes. Last yeah. name Jones. Okay, I I, yeah. I scribbled so.
1: So, um, so she kind of walks in, like not seeming the least bit broke up about Thomas Eckhart being dead or anything, and she's like hey, Catherine, I bet you want to talk to me and Catherine's like, I'm gonna shoot the shit out of you. She's got a gun immediately <laughs> on her. She's just sort of like <laughs> and Miss Jones is not very uh... she she's not super cowed by that. She's just sort of like, uh, hey, so I've got this fucking box to give you um, so why don't you have this box and uh, I'll see you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. She well, she says, like, uh oh, you know, like I'm here to oversee experts like That's right,
3: right. She's back trying to, to
0: Hong yeah. Kong and him and Josie are gonna be buried side by side. And Catherine's like, oh, so they can keep an eye on each other, I guess, huh? So no one's really broken up on any of this, really. Yeah, yeah. Right.
3: Uh
0: and he's like, she's like, he loved Josie and she's like, yeah, we all did. Like thank you. I have a gun on you. <laughs> <laughs> like the woman's just like, I don't care if you have a gun on me. Oh, my iPad died. Hold on, I gotta switch notes. Um and so yeah I, I just thought it was funny that like she just casually always has this gun on her that she can draw mm-hmm. people it's good good stuff let me get my notes sorry about that this makes for great podcast listening no me, look- okay, um, though.
1: I don't think I, I don't think anything else particular happens in that, c- that scene we'll see her again later and it won't make a lot more sense when we do. Um <laughs> we've got we move on from there to um well we're at Donna's house and Donna opens the door for oh my god a guy who is obviously um uh Wyndham Earl <laughs> uh dressed up as Dr. Craig who is an old colleague and roommate of her this father's. costume and yeah
0: is so goddamn funny to me
1: it's very funny <laughs> okay, it's so, not the funniest one he does in this episode but it no is it's not funny. even it's not even <laughs> yeah.
0: but okay so Dr. Gerald Craig he's yeah like, hey I'm I'm used to go to school with your dad is obviously Wyndham Earl in and when I saw him I swore for a minute I was like is he supposed to be dressed as Pete
3: like, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit <laughs>
0: And and like I like my, again, I was watching it a little a little uh less than sober, but uh I'm I'm watching it and I'm like, is that what's supposed to be happening here? And I'm just like insane. Like she's not gonna fall for that. And then of course he, he introduces himself and I'm like, Oh my god, I'm so right. cool. I thought literally he was trying to pull off like a Pete cosplay. Yeah, yeah. Horrific. <laughs> so-
1: well, and what's funny about this scene is that when Donna lets him in and she from her like facial expressions and how she chooses to follow him into the house we can tell she's kind of on her scooby gang shit she's mm-hmm. like she knows to be alert a yeah. little bit but she doesn't get it throughout the scene like she knows something's not right but she's never able to get there she you just, know what it is
0: hmm. you know what it is is she knows at first when she opens the door something's not right she's got that feeling and then he like
1: woo's her. Yeah, he kind of charms her. And... and she
0: just like a fucking stupid teenage girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like me when I was 15. She's like, I don't know really I'm <laughs> pretty I am. Like it's just so weird. Also, uh, I always forget she has sisters because they're in, like, one episode. So. Yeah,
1: I know. I I love her poetry sister with her terrible poetry that we <laughs> right. will never see again. Mister...
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's so funny. But, uh, yeah, it's, like, I, I picked that up, too, because at first when she opens the door, she has a look of, like, trepidation. Like, something is weird here. And immediately drops it. And I'm, like, what was that supposed to be exactly? But then I'm, like, well, he, like, wooed her, I guess. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the vibe we're supposed to get. And um, yeah, the upshot of this scene is he talks a lot about like, oh, this is what your dad and I used to chat about. And anyway, it's a bummer I missed him, but make sure you give him this package and this card that I brought um, so that he can get back in touch with me. Um, Probably nothing weird happening there. Um, (laughs) Moving forward from that, Uh, We'll return to it eventually. We're back at the sheriff's office and we've just got like a minute or so here of camera panning over various chessboards and Pete's head gloriously popping out and making weird faces at it for a second and then popping back into the like maze. so good. Real Pete, not imposter Pete. Not imposter Pete. No, no, Mm (laughs) no. Real Jack Nance hours here.
0: You know what's funny to me actually just going back to that other scene for a second is that... Mm knows what Wyndham Earl looks like. Like like Donna doesn't know who he is. right he didn't even have to dress up in a costume. Like
1: well I, I think I imagine that's what we're supposed to get is that like you know these costumes seem preposterous to us but people don't right. know what the fuck he looks like anyway. So it like doesn't yeah. really matter. Um
0: yeah. as long as Coop doesn't see him who cares?
1: Yeah. But it's <laughs> uh, also like
2: he's dressed himself up as like a seven year old man and he's supposed to be have graduated with her dad. Who if she's fifteen, then he's can't be like late forties, fifties, maybe.
0: Yeah, her right? dad yeah. doesn't look super young, but he also doesn't look as old as. Right. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like I was thinking about that too. Doc Hayward is like he doesn't seem like a young father, but he yeah. also, you know, doesn't Isn't
0: elderly yet.
1: Doesn't seem, sure. but but does it seem like Doc Hayward could be? Her dad? I don't know. Let's keep watching the show Twin Peaks season 2. Um well,
0: Let's keep watching this very episode.
1: Let's keep watching Something this might... particular episode of Twin Peaks season 2. <laughs>
0: anyway, so yeah, we go to this chess this I love this scene cuz I love chess Pete. Uh as little as I can. Yeah. Chess as a game. Um Chess Pete is good. Element like more than fishing, more than ghostwood stuff. He's just in his element trying to figure out how he can make these moves and not lose chess pieces like that is his only goal for the rest of his life. And, um, you know, he's, he kind of starts to tell Coop, look, like there's just no way, like I've gone over every single like book. There is about it. I've gone over every single, like, you can tell he's looking at each piece and going, if they move this way and they do this calculating everything. And there's just no way he says at least six pieces get lost. He could try to get it down, but it's not going to get down by much. And either way, it's impossible to not lose a piece. So that means someone is going to have to die. Like, that's, well, not have to, but that's what's going to happen. And Coop's like, well, figure it out. I don't know what <laughs> Figuring it out. I'm like, I think he's been figuring it out like enough, <laughs> but all right. So um, this leads to a very delightful, like, uh, apparently lucy and andy have picked up a little bit of this chest fever that's sweeping the twin Peaks shirt.
3: <laughs>
0: and uh she's berating andy because he didn't do the little hook thing for his like night or whatever and he's like no you don't have to do that and pete's like no you absolutely do have to do it and it's like really cute like the way he said it. he's like it's like a privilege to be yeah, a yeah.
1: So he's, should, like, he's like i have to do that every time he's like you don't have to do it every time that it is a privilege to be able to do it every time no other piece can move that way
0: and it like totally recontextualizes the knight's effort and he's like oh mm-hmm. yeah and it's kind of cute i don't know it's like it
1: a- is it but, is cute
0: um i'm not I, I can never keep track of who moves how in chess so it's all lost on me um and and it's so funny because Lucy's like see I told you and then like Coop and Pete share this like knowing look like <laughs> they're all right like it's like really funny
3: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: they have this like cute moment together which is like just sweet um okay from there uh, Briggs comes in
1: Margaret and the major have yeah. apparently come to the uh um the sheriff's office after their chance encounter with each other at the diner and. They pop into a room with Coop and uh they start talking about iconography. They talk about this symbols on the back of the major's neck, and then uh Margaret the log lady shows off a not the same, but kind of similar, also triangular, also uh, multiple part symbol that she has on her leg when she experienced a similar experience long ago, apparently. She makes it sound like she forgot about it and the memory was returned to her somehow via the log. I believe uh, she
0: said she was seven.
1: Yeah, it's it, she long ago. walking right? yeah. and
0: heard an owl and saw a bright light. And then when she came, like she had been walking... And when she came home, her family was like, you were gone, like, all day. Like, you weren't just, like, walking for an hour. Mm -hmm. She has no real memory of it. So it's very similar to, like, what Coop and what Briggs experienced. And she does have, like, a different marking, but they almost seem like they need to go together. Something is going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, and then she also drops, like, I only saw, I only kind of, like, experienced that one more time in my life. And it was the night before my husband died in the fire. And I don't know if that was... That's not the first time I think we heard about her husband dying. But it's kind of the first no. time I think mm. we're getting back to it. So,
1: we, we heard um, about the husband dying early on. And it was made to sound early. like it was part of what the deal was with the log. Like that the log <laughs> like, came out of that fire or something. I forget yeah, the exact yeah, yeah. detail of it. But it was something like that.
0: Yeah, but it, but that was the first time she kind of like mentions it. So they're like, mm, something's going on here.
1: Mm-hmm. And so... You know based Coop redraws these images next to each other on the chalkboard and they kind of spend some time staring at them. Um, you know, it, it is kind of funny that these like kind of represent some of the like iconic symbols of the series and they're coming in here at season two, episode 17. I mean, yeah. I, I, obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with like the big gap in between season two and season three right. and how that like you know eventually the timing of it doesn't really matter but it's like there's like five episodes of the show left in <laughs> its yeah. original right. run after this and it's like we're kind of seeing this stuff for the first time right now <laughs>
0: yeah. we're gonna bring in some real myth making in the show <laughs> what happens this yeah. week in the game so um uh so yeah so we leave there we go to this excruciating picnic that brutal and <laughs> absolutely this is actually where i wrote bring back james like
1: <laughs> oh i I, have, I didn't go that far but
0: <laughs> we have billy zane singing bury me not on the lone prairie i wrote bugs bunny Cuz <laughs> i think like bugs bunny sang that at one point that's like the only way i know that song is through like some sort of cartoon right, right. Uh, and i'm pretty sure it was a bugs bunny cartoon i wrote this is excruciating um and it I wrote sh-
1: it is quote beyond cringe and yeah, quote. <laughs> beyond
0: cringe, they're just having this and it's the same sort of dynamic of them like looking at each other and looking away and giggling and being silly. And it's like, guys, just fuck if you're gonna fuck. Like
1: yeah.
0: stop putting us through this torture. Like
1: and and you know, just to add to the pain, they can't get out of the scene without referencing the Coop Audrey dynamic at least once where mm. uh where He's like, oh, is there somebody else? And she's like, there was somebody else, but right. not anymore. There's nobody. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but you guys weren't a thing. You just, you just him,
1: wanted right? it to be a thing, right. and it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you weren't dating. It's so like when I hear somebody say, oh, there was someone, but not anymore, and it implies to me that you were in a relationship and you broke up. Like, that didn't happen here. You liked a guy, and he was like, you're too young for me, weirdo, go away. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Anyway, uh the less we say about that the better.
1: Yeah, move on, uh, moving along.
0: Yeah, we go we go back to the Hayward house and uh Donna's parents are home and she's like, "Hey, your like old roommate showed up and left you some fun things." And he's like, "My old roommate drowned in front of me."
1: <laughs> he's like, "I tried to save his life and I failed." So, I know he did not walk into this house.
0: <laughs> I like like He's like, I tried to save him, so maybe that's why he has like 17 different doctorate degrees. Don't like, <laughs> let anyone else yeah. die. Why he's like watch.
1: quadruple board certified or whatever in this town. <laughs> he's their coroner and their LD doc, and somehow <laughs> specializes in brain trauma. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so so obviously they she's just like, uh, like this dude was like here and left like stuff for you. So the like he hands the card to um Mrs Donna last <laughs> and uh she calls the number on the card and it's the number of a cemetery um <laughs> I don't remember what the object oh it was a chess move like yeah
1: it was so they open it up and it's a chess piece with the m- move like n- numeralized however they do that yeah like no the- like yeah, yeah nine
0: to five two or whatever it is
1: yeah <laughs> um that kind of stuff so anyway at any rate this is how he's delivered the most recent chess move is by sending it this way so doc hayward of all people i don't know <laughs> i mean like, again hayward's at the fucking sheriff's office for no reason all the time so yeah, maybe he was like, just like go to the
0: sheriff's office he, again. <laughs> maybe
1: he was just like he's gonna wind up there eventually so.
0: yeah he's, like, he's always there i don't know i've been spying on him i can't quite figure out what he does but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um he just hangs out there a lot it's like when I get go back home and hang out at the guitar place that in music this lesson. Um, it is it is funny though. Um, because it's like I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> I got nothing to say about that actually. Um, from here we go to Big Ed. Oh no, wait! I know what I was gonna say. Uh, I love that he's like, if you see that guy again, don't let him in. Like, why? Would- <laughs> he just found out that he's not like who he says he is. Why would you be like, come on in? But maybe. Maybe um Wyndham like scoped them out because he was like, well, that girl seems stupid. So she <laughs> 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 seems like a dumb idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so from here we go to the big Ed, um, and we have Ed and Nadine, and uh the other doc in town. <laughs> um, and obviously what's happening here is Ed is trying to like divorce Nadine so that he so that he can marry norma like
1: that's but but the territory is tricky because the terms under which this divorce makes sense are that nadine again thinks she's a 17 year old in a relationship with 17 year old from high school and that's why it's okay for them to break up (laughs) and for and 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 to (laughs) go
0: And again, uh, and, it's not clear if Nadine thinks Ed is also seventeen, or if she just like doesn't see his age as like it's very unclear. Right. In terms of, I, like, what is happening? I, I
1: think deliberately so, and it and it is not. If anything, it's muddied further in this scene because, um, you know, Nadine's makes comments like these are just the dating years and you got to get over it and we're because we're breaking up and we're with different people it's fine and he's like no i don't think you understand this is like actually a divorce and so jacoby is here supposedly trying to moderate this conversation but i i'm not sure i would pick jacoby to moderate no. any conversation <laughs> no. for me uh, and, it,
0: and it's also kind of implied that like jacoby is there to see if like it will dawn, like, like if something will dawn on her enough to... Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and, he's, and he specifically makes the point here that he's like, you know, this is like scar tissue around a psychological wound. This is dissolving. It's going to go away. Like, this is going to come back to her. So it's like, it almost feels like the real danger here is like, you know, what if Nadine wakes up and she doesn't want to break up anymore? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very tricky, and and I think, like, part of it is, like, oh, if we say, like, let's get a divorce, it's going to knock her out of this thing, and it's going to be, like, super messy. It's just messy, and it's, like, yeah, it's nothing. It's a a field trip form. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's just so weird. She's just, like, Ed, we're just breaking up. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, she does do this funny thing where she's like, I just don't want you flying into any weird, jealous rages and attacking Mike. And then she goes, okay, well, maybe once.
3: Yeah, maybe once. She's
0: like, I'm fighting over. Like,
1: like, she'd be really into that. Like...
0: Yeah, it's cute. Kind of cute for what it is. In a, in an episode, <laughs> For
1: everything that is like messy and gross and off putting about this plotline, right. it's a cute moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in, in the episode itself, that lacks a lot of cute moments. It's, I'll take it. It's
1: fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, from here, we're going to go back to Donna's. We're spending a lot of time at Donna's house today. Yes. Um, and the doorbell rings, and I think Donna is afraid that it's going to be like Wendy Merle again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. Ben Horn, who like touches her mom's shoulder very gently and like leans down and starts whispering to her, and it's like, "What's that all?" Like,
1: this is weird. Again, uh, what is this two, about?
0: Episode seventeen. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> let's let's introduce a new weird Ben Horn romance angle. We haven't had enough of those somehow.
0: There's like ninety of them, and it's like, why well, <laughs> not one more? No, one, no, not no, another one. one. Um, and she kind of like you know, like her eyes, like, what's that all about? And it, it's a very quick scene. Nothing really happens. In it. I mean, like, that happens, but there's no, like, dialogue or anything. So um, from there, we go to the diner.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a flyer for the Miss Twi- Twin Peaks contest. We have Wyndham Earl at the counter in yet another horrible costume.
1: Uh, you—that's a weird way to say incredible costume (laughs) that he's wearing. He's like got some like faux Easy Rider kind of dog, the bounty hunter. Dog, (laughs) the bounty hunter. Yeah, that's actually a better point of reference, but it's a little bit of both somehow. Um, yeah, it's it's he's like the
0: motorcycle character, Tim Robinson character.
1: Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Who motorcycles with a little house in the (laughs) middle?
0: Okay. He's kind of watching this unfold, and Norma is looking at this flyer, and she's like, Shelly, you should enter this. You would win. She's like, the prize is money and a scholarship. You should win. And it's like, a scholarship to what? She dropped out of high school. <laughs> she <laughs> well, never got her GED. That it, like, it's implied she never got it anyway. Like, why is she getting a scholarship to?
1: This doesn't make a lot of sense, but... uh Shelly's like faux Miss America bit here is actually quite cute. <laughs> her little oh, like walk around and her fake like world peace speech and all of that is pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it's super
0: cute. Yeah, it's absolutely cute, but it's like what? <laughs> I mean, but I just,
1: like a lot of things it does not make any sense.
0: <laughs> Shelly is arguably like the hottest. So, she would absolutely win. Yeah, let's I mean, I'm I'm in agreement, but um Coop is also there on the other side of the counter. Now, this is where we talked earlier about him just being like, yeah, I don't know, that ghost thing happened. Yeah,
1: he just immediately loses his chill around this chick. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, we have Annie, like, serving him coffee. And we have Wyndham Earl, his nemesis, who's trying to murder him, literally staring daggers at him from across the counter. And Coop, the least perceptive psychic ever, is too goo eyed to, for Annie that he doesn't even notice this guy that no one's ever seen before staring blatantly at him. And I'm like, okay, what happened to the coop That's like, again, like I'm gonna toss like rocks at glass, and I'm gonna yeah. talk about t- like Tibet for 14 minutes. Like what? Mm-hmm. Is that and, and notably, not like-
1: notably, he is reading a book that just says Tibet as its title.
0: and he loves that book. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the third time they showed it. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. But, but, like, like, how do you not notice this? The diner's not that big. It, it just, no, it, it's, supposed it's it's supposed a, it's a weird blood. Like, we're supposed to believe he has, like, kind of abilities that he's, like, tapped into. <laughs> like, quite psychic, but definitely perceptive. And he's just like, woohoo, you're yeah. so pretty. This coffee is so delicious. <laughs> When Merle's not that good.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah the costume <laughs> is
0: just impenetrable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um uh, and and you know, like so he he's chatting it up with Annie and these googly eye sort of things. Now this isn't as problem with Audrey, because Annie is uh at least old enough to have been a nun for a while. So, yeah.
1: so right. she's at least a legal adult, I think. Yeah, I think she yeah, has. To yeah. Be. <laughs> I would assume
0: she's like in her early twenties. Uh it's still kind of creepy. It's not as bad. Um, and I wrote problematic, but it's not as problematic. So, uh, but then Hawk interrupts this whole thing with, yo, we got a problem at the book house and, uh, and Harry is, as the, as the kids say, wilding out.
1: Oh, he is losing his shit.
0: (laughs) Absolute shit. Uh, he does look at, like, of course, then he's perceptive enough to be like, was someone sitting out there staring at me? And, of course, Winter has gone. But Yeah,
1: and Winter has gone and he's left his whole fucking cheeseburger there. It's like, yeah. man,
0: like... <laughs> Not even a bite. That looked good. I don't even like burgers. It looked good. It looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. um, so Harry... Okay, so so they go down to uh, the book house where Harry is, like, smashing shit. He's just mad at the world and and you know just kind of like i should have helped her i should have taken her away from here i should have done this but but in
1: but in the most like in the most like obviously he doesn't have his shit together and can't even say it in a way that makes sense way he's like i could have gone to china but she <laughs> came here instead and now it's all fucked up. <laughs> it's like, it also, it kind of has Tim Robinson character energy, to be honest, but, but it's actually good. It, it's, as you mentioned before, I think it works because usually Harry's whole deal is that he's so buttoned up and so grace under fire or whatever that, like, he really like you kind of feel for him, like, just even to this almost goofy degree losing his shit here, because it's like, this is not, this is not how Harry reacts to things. Yeah, this know? is, Harry's
0: usually very even heeled, and, and, and nice and neutral, and he's just like, fuck! If she's dresser drawer, I should have been the one that the dresser was made out of! Which <laughs> is, like, absolute nonsense.
3: I should have just brought this drawer here! Why did we keep
0: the drawer <laughs> at the book house? I could have just put stuff in the drawer we'll be together forever!
3: <laughs> whatever,
0: uh they do have a very nice big hug. yes, uh, which is which is a healing hug. uh I I love you know, their little romance is so cute and I do love like come here and I will comfort you. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. um, and then they like tuck him in and make him go night night. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, sweet Prince. <laughs> so um, you gotta sleep it off. He's he's going through it, but he's gonna be okay ultimately, I think. Yeah. Um <laughs> we go from here to the most amazing Mike and Nadine cosplaying adults checking into the Great Northern. First of all, does this town not have another no-tell motel like that you could check into? Like Come on. Well, in
1: fact, we know that they do because there was that early episode in like, it was either early season two, I think it was early season two where they caught up with uh, the shoe salesman there.
0: That was uh, season one.
1: Okay, that was late season one then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was uh, also where the same motel that uh, Ben and Catherine were hanging out at that one point. So Yeah, and
0: like doing weird toe stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the- The little (laughs) little elvis joke
0: (laughs) right right oh my god okay so so what's funny about this little car and so they're trying to obviously like check into bones so i guess like mike and nadine are a legit item now and it's not just like she like wore him down or something yeah it
1: it is pretty funny i I was thinking that too because he seems enthusiastic to go along with this plan now it's pretty funny that like they had this off-camera Romantic night together that she mentioned to Ed. And now suddenly Mike's like, oh, I'm all the way in on
0: this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. So, what's so funny to me is first of all, she has like glasses on over her eye patch. She is a woman with an eye patch. So, she's not fooling anyone. She's the only woman in town with crazy red hair and an eye patch. Second of all, Mike always looks 45 anyway. So, the way he's dressed is hilarious because he just looks like his re- like he just but
1: he but he does look like a 45 year old with a 12 year old's face, though. yeah. It's like so weird I mean...
0: to say, seeing him dressed up like that, it's like, how old is this actor? Because he just looks like a dad now, here, yeah. Right? yeah. And he's like, we need this room so we can fuck, basically. And he's like, more and more frustrated because he just wants them to give them the keys so he can just so he can go. And these two girls who are. there for the fashion show thing or what are like hey mike see you in algebra two tomorrow <laughs> and then she's like Nadine's like ah get out the key and smashes the shit out of the bell
1: yeah like, we get we get it one more nadine has super strength The reference here passes.
0: like the the um the front desk guy who i think is the same guy that like audrey boosted out of his job last oh yeah yeah i think yeah. it is that same guy yeah <laughs> he, uh, he like picks up the bell and he's like what the fuck right so yeah um, I am to assume they got to boning. It's just a quick little thing. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> um and then we get to okay, so so we're getting to the end of this episode, and we get to this fashion show fundraiser gala that is at the Great Northern. It's very formal. It looks great. I'm gonna get the pageantries is there. I love it. There's lights, there's like big Black and white pictures of the pine leaves.
1: <laughs> but but it it's definitely it looks great in the way that you can make a, an event look great at your local American Legion yeah. hall. No, no, right. No, no. It, no, it very yeah, much yeah. Has
3: okay, the, yeah, it on. has
1: the like small town we moon and hey, it looks pretty good. You know what though? Situation. I love that. But, but, like that. That's very the Twin Peaks yeah, vibe, it. right? Like that's what's going so, on. Um, so it's very
0: glitzy. Um, Andy and Andy and Lucy are like the fashion people in the show. There's only two fashions in this fashion show.
1: Well, more happen off screen. We can see people getting dressed and being ushered in to do yeah. fashion stuff, but the first two are Lucy and Andy in these like hilariously overlayered <laughs> like plaid <laughs> situations.
0: I love like, like uh, Dick is the one hosting. He's like, Lucy is wearing an outfit that says, hey world. I'm here, and I was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, he's
1: crushing this scene, by the way. Like so the, the line delivery is beautiful as he. I almost feel bad
0: him. for what is going to happen because this is truly what Dick Tremaine was made for. Yeah. Small town pageantry is yep. niche. He shouldn't be working at a department store. He's <laughs> putting on small town pageants. He's excellent at it.
1: He's crushing it yeah and he loves
0: every second of it he is this is like the happiest we've seen him yeah um it's fantastic uh you know andy comes out he looks like a deer in headlights he doesn't know when to turn to move. It's, it's all very funny um we have this amazing moment with ben and Catherine that i actually genuinely love
1: yeah i mean their interactions are always great um but so like as the fashion show is proceeding uh Catherine's over at the bar and Ben approaches and Ben is eating milk and cookies at this event. He is doing full <laughs> dip action with his milk and cookies. As I love this.
0: I wrote that down too. And I love it because recently there's been a meme going around. that's like, you drink a glass of milk in a movie. You're a fucking psychopath. Like, <laughs> Orange, it happens like it's yeah. a list
1: of different. Ben Horn. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I was like, Look at Ben just falling right into that absolute psychopath, like, yeah, his huge glass of milk, it's like milkshake mm-hmm. glass of.
1: They have this excellent exchange, Ben and Catherine do. That's you know, it, it's very typical for their kind of characters. It works here because the dynamics are really simple they don't need to talk about a lot of uh real estate shit uh we've already laid out what the stakes are here and ben's gambit is to support this preservation of the pine weasel so that Catherine cannot take advantage of the ghostwood development after all these machinations of getting that property back and so she's sitting here like come on you cannot be serious with this endangered Species pine weasel shit, and Ben is like, I have never been more serious about anything <laughs> in my fucking life, and he's exactly this is my the kind. Entire of, life, and, yeah, yeah, and he is exactly the kind of psychopath where it's like. There is no distinction in his mind between earnestly embracing this and just, you know, going all in purely for revenge, you know? He's being honest when he says this because he does mean this seriously because it will help him win, you know?
0: uh, I love them together like this, too. They have a good Even when they're gross, they have a good dynamic. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: I like this particularly because she's not mad at all. Like, she's like... You son of a bitch! What are you doing? And he's
1: like, I mean, she's she's mad, but she's mad in the way that like you beat me that round in the video game. That's how video games yeah, work. She's, now she's it's not, my like, turn to play. To she's mad, strategy. but she's not yeah.
0: angry. Does yeah. that make sense? She's
1: not like, gotten to
0: like yeah. Yeah. they have a good dynamic of like they're laughing. Yeah, really. Like when you put the business stuff aside and the treachery of it all aside, they genuinely like like and respect each other. Right. So it's like it's like really an interesting dynamic that i like do like watching even though the
1: time and it's like, and it's like their mutual points of interest and respect are the fact that they're both business sociopaths so yeah, it's like that's yeah. particularly on it's like that really nobody else could have this kind of relationship with either one of them because right. only with themselves could they have this relationship. yeah it's like a
0: narcissistic love for each other because yeah, yeah. they're just seeing themselves in each other but also, mm. i love that she says I loved this part. What do you expect to gain? And he says, "A first scrubbing of one of the dirtiest consciousness in the Northwest."
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good line. That was like pretty good. That was killer.
0: I and then he says, "Like the only I'm learning slowly that the only authentic thing is giving." And he's like, "Do you want to donate?" And what's funny to me is her being there implies that she bought a ticket for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like, I don't think they'd let her just go to the bar. It's like an actual, it's like all closed off. So it's like, um, and she's like, she knows
1: how to play the game, man.
0: <laughs> she's like, and She's like, I'm not going to do that. And he kisses her on the cheek. I just think it's like, a, it's a good scene. And in, in a relative. it's a great scene episode. It's a, it's a really yeah. good scene. I genuinely enjoyed watching this scene. And actually I watched it twice. Cause the first time I dozed off.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think it works because it, continues on the dynamics that work between them and involves the least like mill bullshit that they've had to do so yeah. far to get to that. Type I, have of interaction. To that. <laughs> I hate yeah. those
0: inner workings of mill bureaucracy. So boring. Um so we kind of shift away from that. We're still in the scene, but we go back to the stage where a guy whose name is Tim Pinkle, which is an amazing talk about Tim Robinson names.
1: <laughs> yeah, well we this earlier, but in the scene where they were setting up and helping Dick get stuff set up, she was like, "You have to talk to uh, Tim Pinkle," and oh. and Dick goes, "What's a pinkle?" <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> so now now we know what a pinkle is. Uh, Tim he's, pinkle. The, he's the guy who's going to come speak to us a little bit about why we should preserve the pine weasel and clearly the animal they've got to fill in for this is just a regular domestic ferret Uh, yeah (laughs) uh, and
0: uh, it's so funny ferret ferret expert tim pinkle like uses this opportunity to like neg
1: (laughs) right because dick has been like just shitting on him throughout the whole thing so tim sees this opportunity to like you know get a little revenge and make uh make dick have to interact with the animal something he's clearly uncomfortable doing live yeah, he's on stage there, he's,
0: very, he's very upset and he's like oh like the these ferrets get like super stressed out uh, when they or, or it's like they get like really attracted to shiny things and dick's like oh I have like these pins huh and he's like yeah and they also like hate super cheap perfume which is probably why like he's
1: sniffing around you phone, right now so that's yeah. why he's like losing
0: <laughs> his shit and then he's like, "Why don't you give him a kiss?" And Dick's like, eh, "No." He's like, "Come on, just kiss him. It's so fun to kiss the ferrets." And then the ferret <laughs> goes the nose.
1: Okay, and it is I, great.
0: <laughs> I, I laughed so fucking hard at this. I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. It's but
1: like- but you have to you have to include the part that right before he goes to smooch the ferret, he drops this line. Well, hello there, little pilgrim, and that's when, <laughs> when the animal latches onto his teeth,
0: <laughs> and then it's like ferrets running around, and like Tim Pinkles, like it's it's fine, like it's. Don't worry if the fart goes near you, it's not going to hurt you or anything. It just hates dick. <laughs> and, and like people are like standing on their chairs, and it's very much like, you know, an old timey like mouse in the house situation. Uh, people are literally screaming. There's <laughs> a lot of like
1: cuts to just standing there screaming at the top of her lungs. Thing is, even sort of happening near. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Audrey is on the stage, and she's like, everybody, please calm down and stay in your seats. And ends up getting jostled off the stage where she falls into the arms of, yeah. uh, jacob wheeler or whatever his name is uh and it's john
1: jacob jingleheimer wheeler yeah
0: and it's very much like like them like oh i came here to see you right (laughs) start making out finally but what's so funny is then they keep coming back to that lady screaming. Just
1: screaming. That's
0: yeah. A good, like subtle
1: very and very twin peaks. Just the vibe it's, is it's, so it's, twin peaks.
0: But it's also like a real like subtext to how we're feeling about this Audrey. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, I get it. This woman is all of us. Yeah. And as before they cut
2: to her direct shot of her screaming. She just is in the background, like waving her arms.
0: <laughs> it's great extra
2: work. It's so great.
0: He's <laughs> like, you could definitely take this scene and put the Benning Hill theme over it, and yeah. it would be so
2: good. I'm
1: Speed it up like 1.25 or
2: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some great ferret vision, too, or pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, the ferret like yeah that, raising Arizona. I forgot anyway. about that.
0: Yeah, yeah the yeah. ferret vision's very, very good. It's, it's yeah. not too much, just enough to get right. a Ferret is feeling, which I think is what's important at this gala. Since <laughs> the ferret. Um,
1: and, and then that's the end of the episode, except for two really weird, really quick things that happen at the very end here.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm going to be honest with you here. I had a hard time parsing what was going on here.
1: So what? did I. Okay, and I have I'm watched this show been... a number of times, as of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... it goes away from my brain. Like, I've watched this a million times, and I cannot tell you What's going so,
1: on? the first thing that we see is somebody sitting in a chair seems mm-hmm. to be reading. Yeah, uh, it's from I, behind. It's from behind. We can't really tell who this person is, and they get absolutely clocked. Uh, yeah. That's it. So, this may lead into the second thing that happens here, or it may be unrelated. I do not remember and probably so won't hard. remember until I see it makes sense that it would lead into the next thing that happens. Because when Coop left earlier, he was like, make sure somebody's mm-hmm. set up to watch Uh um watch Harry. Harry. So it's possible this is the guard getting taken, or possible this is something unrelated that I that's what the wiki has. The wiki has doing
2: both of these things. Okay, so
1: okay, so
0: because I was like, who is this person? Because there's
1: there's so little context on the first shot that I'm like, I can't tell what the fuck I'm looking at here. The second shot, I can tell what I'm looking at, (laughs) but I don't remember why.
0: (laughs) Um, I don't either. (laughs) Uh, uh, wait, yeah, we should get back to uh, the Jones lady, mm-hmm. and she's doing the slowest fucking strip ever to get right. in. Like it is excru- It does not need to be this slow. Yes. Take- <laughs> and get in bed. You're very. It's very irritating to me. And she's getting in bed with a sleeping Harry. So what Chris says makes sense, and I didn't even think of like yeah, hard watching because it happens so fast and it's they don't show his face so it's so unclear who it is like he has like facial hair in a way no one else really does yeah and like but um but Harry as we saw he's already passed out in bed so mm-hmm. that makes sense he
1: ain't waking up yeah he was he was Daniel's for breakfast and he didn't so. <laughs> he, yeah he
0: didn't eat any of that I bet I bet he didn't even snack on that bacon so. <laughs>
2: wiki lists he that he slowly that gets in man. bed with him oh sorry is that- wiki lists the bearded man as bookhouse boy okay so, okay. He's a so, so boy that
1: explains it. he is just yeah. supposed to be the person guarding him there yeah.
0: but... okay so that makes sense to me but thanks for telling me show that i've been watching <laughs> right <Yeah>. right <laughs> cuz it's like at least some sort of context would be nice like right. i thought it was two different places altogether i was mm-hmm. like that yeah. and then at first i thought it was harry and i'm like that's not harry so I'm like, what? Yeah. um And she gets into bed with him and that's how the scene and that's how the scene in the episode ends. What's that all about? We'll see. I I guess
1: we will. That's
0: the fucking end. I I
1: genuinely don't remember what the fucking deal with that is.
0: I don't That's the weird thing. That's truly the biggest mystery about Twin Peaks is how I've seen this show so many times and still have no fucking idea. Like, I don't recall any of this. It just faces itself right out of my brain.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a thing going on with it where there's so many characters that like kind of enter and then exit the series, and some of them have lasting importance and some of them don't. And so there's some, and there's so many individual plot threads to follow throughout the thing that like the things that don't really stick out at you or don't feel important in the end game of the series, it's kind of like, uh, what the hell was that? Who was that person? I don't know. Jones? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I don't
0: remember yeah. her at all. So, whatever. <laughs> Fuck her. How about that? she She's yeah. bitch. <laughs> I don't like her hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the episode ends. So that's the scars and wounds. What were the scars and wounds? The emotional ones, Harry's feeling. The brain ones he is suffering from. Who knows?
1: Right.
0: The scars and wounds. Of there's,
1: there's a lot of scars <laughs> and wounds to go around here right. in this show.
0: Yeah, everyone is scarred and wounded in their own way in this episode. So, um, yeah. So, what do we got for producer's corner? Because there's nothing else to say about this.
2: Uh, yeah, there's not a lot to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was curious about who directed this, just because, um, you know, especially with that that kind of really artsy sort of like slow spinning of the whiskey glass, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you can tell. And with the the weasel vision, like they're they're at odds with the script. The script has nothing to offer. Yeah, but yeah. The yeah. director's trying to give you something. Um, so that director is James Foley. He, uh, it's interesting, before this, he was kind of the go-to Madonna music video director. <laughs> he directed Dress You Up, um, Live to Tell, Papa Don't Preach, True Blue, Who's That Girl. Um, wow. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And then he does this episode of Twin Peaks. Right after this, directs Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then um kind Death of, of, moves of around a fucking does, salesman right yeah does a lot like he does a lot of episodes of house of cards wayward pines which is funny because that's what abc tried to do as the next one peaks in 2016 that didn't mm-hmm. i forgot out.
3: about that
2: but his last credits are the two 50 shades sequels no <laughs> not even the first one 50 shades darker and 50 shades free
3: poor bro so,
2: I, I I hope he made some money from it, but uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm so sure he, that he did. that's we can hope for. And other than that, I mean, Heather Graham obviously we all we all know Heather Graham, we all love Heather Graham. Um, before this, her biggest thing would have been Drugstore Cowboy. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say this yeah. is pre
1: Boogie Nights. This is pre yes. like everything you think of when you think about her like roles.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. I thought that Twin Peaks is actually her first thing. I forgot about that. She's Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah, same timing yeah, on yeah. that.
2: So yeah, that she's great on that. And other than that, everything was really small parts. She had a small part in growing pains, apparently. I don't know oh. who she played in Growing Pains, but that was it. So two episodes. So there you go. An arc. <laughs> Probably a Marceaver uh, girlfriend, I assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor gal. <laughs> I know. Hey, let me tell you about a banana. <laughs> <laughs> um, All
0: right.
2: well, that's it. I, yeah. I think
0: I would be we would be remiss if we didn't mention that uh in between recordings Al Strobel died. Uh, oh
1: god that's right so Mm.
0: r.i.p to al yeah uh always sad when one of the twin peaks family goes yeah uh so hopefully he's resting well but that one that one bummed me out a lot Yeah, yeah 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 Uh, i mean i was bummed out but that one was just like oh but he's like yeah
1: i i agree like that some of them are some of them hit harder than others because some of them are like yeah well that person was 90 so that sort of makes <laughs> right. sense <Yeah>. like <laughs> he was
0: older but he's just such an yeah. iconic part of the show and like fire walk with me is like you know he has that mm-hmm. sort of phrase so that it's like you know it's just a little sad
1: yeah, and he's also such a weirdly anchoring presence in the third season, which is <laughs> kind of insane to say, and not much of a spoiler because it doesn't make any sense to say it at this point. But like, when you see That's him really, there-
0: It doesn't make much sense to say it then. When we say <laughs> it, there, so it's fine. But uh, he is such an anchoring presence. So it is it is nice uh, that we have that with him. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I thought I would mention it.
3: Yeah. All right, Peabody.
0: Well, on that note, It is the end of 2022. What will twenty twenty-three bring us? Hopefully the end of season. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think it's finally approaching. And then I think we all agreed we would go into the movie before season three. So I'm looking forward to doing that maybe on a a little bit of a tighter schedule. We'll see. We're all very busy people. So (laughs) give it a go. Bye. (laughs)
1: I think happiness. in terms of pure numbers of things to watch we're like we're we're, we're getting, getting there, there man and yeah. most of the oh, stuff yeah. most of the stuff that's left to watch is good stuff so that's yeah. uh, that's really the best news of it
0: <laughs> I was saying today our friend came over for brunch and I was saying to her that um we are now at the point in twin peaks instead of like the peak of we're kind of like at the peak of the bad stuff and now we're like going down right. the- it's getting you know it's on the upswing again and it's consistently solid throughout so i'm glad we suffered through it all together
2: but it's interesting we've talked about this before like you look at the this shit with billy zane and the stuff with uh donna's parentage and all this stuff it is like clear they're setting up like stuff here's what we'll give you abc if you give us a season three and it's right. really obvious why they did not go with it. yeah yeah three. no that, that i think that's a
1: very good point and yeah. i mean not even having followed these plot threads to their end you you can see, already see how it's sort of like right. you know that a lot of the stuff they're teeing up here is brutal yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and a lot of it gets some fairly good resolution when we get where we're going but mm-hmm. it's uh you would not know from this episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I'm looking forward to the new year and getting to all that really really good stuff so I appreciate everyone who listens and has stuck with us through the the not so good (laughs) so happy holidays from our team to yours as always I am Colleen Carney I'm Chris Pruitt bye everyone